Well, good morning. You guys doing all right? You are now. <laughs> it's awesome how God, sometimes, you know, God comes, his presence comes, and there's people dancing, all the kids are dancing and everything, and then other times he comes and he just like, he calms us down. <laughs> he stops us a little bit and leads us to still waters. Um, so I think really he's been doing that this morning and just continue to be receiving as he's, you know, he's not done. Um, so cool. So yeah, we've got a baptism service next week. We're going to be doing baptisms. Um, I mean, we'll have worship and everything too, but we'll do baptisms towards the ends of, of the service. So if you're interested, if you've never been baptized before and you just want to make a declaration of like, I am dead to the world, and I'm alive to the Lord. Um, we invite you guys just to come on out. And, um, and we as a body, we're going to be there just encouraging and celebrating, you know, people choosing to, to make that decision. And, um, you know, it's kind of funny. Like, I was, I was sprinkled when I was a little kid or when I was a baby. So, you know, I didn't really recognize it um, or know anything about it. And then um, I didn't really get baptized until I was in my 20s, right? Yeah. And uh, so I'd been walking with the Lord for years, a couple of years at least. And, uh, you know, and I was like, you know what? I want to get baptized. I want to make a declaration of like, you know, I didn't really get to choose when I was a baby. Yeah. <laughs> um, and it was powerful. I'm glad I did it. And um, so I encourage you guys, if you've never been baptized before um, and, you, and you want to, just come on out. And um, we were actually, we had a, uh, a leadership retreat this weekend, and uh, we've been feeling, you know, that there, we're going to see a lot more of these, too. We're going to have a lot more baptism services and, uh, you know, seeing the, the lost come into the, to the kingdom. And, um, you know, one thing we are about, and we're going to talk a little bit more about it, you know, uh, is... We're in pursuit of his presence. And like we've been praying and we've been singing this morning. I mean, that is our number one goal is his presence. And we really do believe God's going to move here in a significant way that his presence is going to come. And it's not just going to like come on a Sunday and then, you know, next Sunday it's like business as usual. It's He's going to come and he's going to move here and um, and it's going to draw in the lost. And um, people are going to walk down this street. I'm telling you right now, people are going to walk down this street. And this actually has happened already, but this is going to happen in a, in a, a bigger way. People are going to walk down this street right here, this sidewalk right here, and they are going to feel physically and sense the presence of God, and it's going to draw them. I mean, you, you don't need to put on any programs when you get the presence of God. <laughs> when God shows up, the people come, Right? So, so we're, we're about presence evangelism. I mean, we're about going out, too, and, and sharing the gospel as well, but we need his presence, right? So who was here? Gosh, I know I've been, I've been, we've been traveling for the past couple of weeks. Who was here a couple of weeks ago, uh, last time I was teaching? Um, you guys remember? I know it's, <laughs> can't remember what you did yesterday, but you guys, anybody remember what we've been talking about? 
Uh-oh, pulling the notes out. Open book test here. You can use your notes. You guys remember? Yeah, we're talking about community. Yeah. 2 Corinthians 5, 16 and 17. I'm going to read it off. Therefore, from now on, we recognize no one according to the flesh, even though we have known Christ according to the flesh. Yet now we know him in this way no longer. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creature. The old things have passed away. Behold, the new things have come. So we've been talking about recognizing one another, not according to the flesh, not according to our eyes, what our eyes are necessarily seeing, what we're perceiving in the natural, but we're trying and training ourselves to be able to look at one another according to the spirit, right? Because that's what we're commanded to do first off. And we talked about why God's highlighting that right now. It's because he's building our community. And you guys remember, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to beat the broken record here because like, we need to know what our vision is. And uh, we're still waiting for a painting of that, right? Some kind of. <laughs> no, it's okay. I'm just kidding. No pressure. Um, it'd be really cool, though. <laughs> we would like to, you know, write down. We, we talk about it a lot, but, it, you know, there's scriptural basis. We need to write down the vision and make it plain. It's actually on the whiteboard in the way back. But do you guys remember the three things that God has kind of established what we're about here? His presence, number one. We will never compromise seeking the presence of God. Good. What was number two? You guys remember? Equipping the saints. Being empowered by the presence of God will enable us to equip the saints to do what? What are they? Well, why are we equipping them? To do the work. The saints are to do the work. The, you know, in church, Christianese, the lay people are, are to do the work of the ministry. Not the pastor necessarily solely or the fivefold ministry, right? So that's number two. Number three, a healthy community, right? God wants to establish a healthy community. He's building a family because in the midst of a healthy community, those things take place. When we come together and we sing, you know, sometimes um, a lot of you guys know this already, but some of you guys are, might be kind of new to this. But like when we come together and we sing in one voice and one song and we worship and we like love on our our father, something happens. You know, we're two or more gathered in his name. He actually shows up and sometimes we can sense it and sometimes we see the result of his manifest presence in our midst, healings and deliverances and, you know, the prophetic starts flowing. All those things take place when we come together. That's why it's so important sometimes. Sometimes when we, we show up on uh, Sunday mornings, we just don't feel like, man, I don't feel like singing this morning. You know, I just, and sometimes you just got to tell yourself, no, I'm going to sing. I, am, I want to experience his presence like we were singing this morning, right? And when we come together with one voice, you guys remember the dedication of Solomon's temple? You guys remember that? What happened when they came together in one voice, sang the same simple song together? What, what happened? You guys remember? Yes. 
the Shekinah glory, the manifest presence of God filled the temple so much so they were the priests were like on the ground. How many of you guys want to be in a service where God shows up like that? <laughs> yes. Yes. That's what we're after. That is what he wants too. You know, he wants it more than we do. So there is power when we come together and we sing in unity and we're reaching out to our father together as a family. His presence shows up. And we don't even care about what we're singing. <laughs> you can't even sing. You're on the floor. And, you know, <laughs> how many of you guys, I've been in services like that and it was life changing. And uh, we want to see more of that. Anyway, that's a side note. Um, so, uh, so he wants to build a family here. He wants to build a community here because another thing about when we experience his presence together, you, you know, we talked about this. It, it builds koinonia fellowship. That's just Greek for like spiritual fellowship, family time. When we experience the father together in a supernatural way, it is like glue in our relationship. When my kids, when we all play together and we're wrestling on the ground, all that kind of, it, there's a bond that is building between them when they're experiencing wrestle time with dad and the flying elbows and everything, you know. <laughs> Same thing happens with us when we get together and we experience God together. It's glue, you know, and we start liking each other. <laughs> Not just loving each other, we start liking each other, right? All right, so he's building this community, okay? We talked about knowing each other according to the Spirit over the past three, three times here. This is going to be the third and final uh, part of this. And, uh, you know, this is very, I, I really believe it's a very timely word because everything that the, the enemy is pushing at our society right now concerning our identity Concerning about being so focused on the natural, you know, knowing one another according to the natural. He's black. He's white. She's this. She's that. You know, there's this, there's this hyper focus on all that stuff right now. And the fruit of it is division. There's this facade of trying to bring unity but really it's just a facade the fruit of it is is division and this is a strategy of the enemy he's trying to divide us as a nation he tries to divide us as families that is majorly going on right now and so this i really believe this is an antidote to like you know, we, sometimes we get kind of focused and we get kind of stuck in what the enemy's doing. And we really need to go beyond that. We need to get higher and we need to see what God's doing. Because usually what the enemy's doing is a response to what the Lord wants to do and is doing. And we want, we want to get in partnership with what he's doing. You know, because we're sons and daughters, right? We're about the father's business. So this is like an antidote to this kind of like thing the enemy's trying to do in our nation and in our families and in our schools and all that is to know one another according to this spirit is seeing one another as god sees one another 
okay? Because if we see each other as God intended us to be and who we really are in the spirit as believers, we will behave differently with each other. We will. If you get a a glimpse of God's heart and picture, a prophetic picture of who your neighbor that you're sitting next to right now is, you will treat that person differently in a positive way. I guarantee it. And you actually might get inspired to come alongside them and to help see that prophetic picture of that person come to fruition, to come into the natural. You're actually going to be like the Holy Spirit. That's what the Holy Spirit does. He loves doing that. All right. So we talked about, just going to review real quick. We talked about, uh, you know, the benefits and the hindrances. And then we're going to talk into how to practically, practically do we walk in this thing. Um, so we talked about the benefits. Everybody wants the benefits first, right? <laughs> hey, there's nothing wrong with that. You know, God wants to bless us. He's an extravagant father. He does. He, he, he wants us to walk in, in this because he wants us to see, see us blessed. You know, so the benefits, number one, we talk about this. We will help propel others into their calling. So when we begin to recognize one another according to the spirit, according to how the father sees one another, we will help propel one another into our callings. And as like we've talked about before, that like your calling is interdependent. You're not like solo Christian out there, John the Baptist in the wilderness. I'm a prophet. Oh, God, I don't need anybody. I just, me and, me and Jesus. You are in deception. I'm telling you right now, if you believe that. Your calling was specifically hand-designed by God to be interdependent with the body. The body, right? And you heard me talk about this kind of graphic. You cut off an arm, you stick it out in the parking lot, it's not going to survive very long apart from the body. Your calling, and I'm not talking about like, I'm talking about call. Sometimes when we, we talk about calling, I want to clarify. We talk about, oh, you know, I'm called to be a pastor. I'm called to be a prophet. I'm, called, I'm talking about your call. Calling can be a businessman. Calling could be a doctor. Calling could be an uh, engineer. I, I mean, calling could be a homeschool mother. I mean, I'm talking about everything here. We need one another. And we will never walk in the fullness of our calling until we're connected with one another in a right way. And that's why we're building this healthy community. And, and part of that is recognizing and seeing each other according to the spirit. We will help propel one another into our callings. Another benefit, we will reap the benefits of the calling on each other's life. Matthew 10 says, he who re- 10, 40 says, he who receives you receives me. He who receives me receives him who sent me. He who receives a prophet in the name of a prophet shall receive a prophet's reward. And he who receives a righteous man in the name of a righteous man shall receive a righteous man's reward. Some of you guys have a calling in the prophetic, some of you guys have a calling in healing. Some of you guys have a calling in these areas that we need. And if we begin to receive one another according to the callings on one another's lives, we will reap a benefit of that. Some of you guys are called to be teachers, and we need you to be teaching. 
Some of you guys are called to healing, and we need you to be praying for the sick. Man, we need that right now. Some of you guys have healing gifts on your life, and you don't even know it. But we can see it in the spirit. That's what's so awesome about the prophetic. The Holy Spirit can reveal to us, you know, who we are. So we reap the benefits when we receive one another as the Lord sees us. All right, so some of the hinders. We went through this judging by natural appearance. We talked about this in First Samuel 16.7, but the Lord said to Samuel, do not look at his appearance or at his height or his statue because I have rejected him for God sees not as man sees for the man looks on the outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the heart. God always does this way. So much so that when, it, when Isaiah talks about this Messiah coming, what did it say? What did, what did Isaiah say through the Holy Spirit how Jesus would be? His appearance, his physical appearance. What's that? Isaiah 53, yep. You guys remember? He grew up before him like a tender shoot and like a root out of dry ground. He had no beauty or majesty to attract us to him. Nothing in his appearance that we should desire him. Isn't that crazy? Now, I'm not saying Jesus is ugly. (laughs) Jesus is the most beautiful person in the whole universe. But when he came as a man, he didn't come like, you know, we we envision this Brad Pitt or something. I don't know, this blue-eyed, blonde hair. He came... So that, like, in, in the natural, so that people wouldn't be drawn to him in the natural, but be drawn to him in the spirit. You know? So God does not, you know, and if you're, if you're pretty or handsome, God still loves you too. <laughs> and he loves that, and he created you that way. But, like, um, <laughs> you know, God... Um, but, you know, he, he's saying right here that, like, he does not care about what we look like, what our physical... He doesn't even care about all the baggage that you're carrying right now. He doesn't look necessarily at that. He looks at your heart. He looks at this in the spirit. You know, this scripture was talking about, you guys know, when Samuel came and he was about to anoint the new king. Samuel, a seasoned prophet who was hearing and walking in the spirit at all times, like, not all time, but a lot Ever since he was a little boy, he heard the, the literal voice of God. He misses it. He's still judging in the natural. What does that tell you about us? We need him, right? You're right. What well, tells us that we are going to be continually tempted to do this until the day we die, that we were going to judge one another according to the flesh, that we're going to, you know, when we see somebody, we're going to look at the physical appearance or we're going to look at all the stuff that we know naturally about them and their, and their family, how they treat their kids, how, all this stuff. We're going to judge them based on those things. We're going to be tempted to do that. But the Lord is telling us we need to be um, aware of what's going on in the natural, but we need to be judging one another according to the spirit. We need to see one another in that way. Okay. So don't think you're too mature to like, oh, I've been walking with the Lord forever. I don't do this stuff. You do. 
<laughs> every day. Yeah. And so that so that's one hindrance, right? Judging by the physical. Number two hindrance, familiarity. That is like a big hindrance from us really walking in this. When we're, we become familiar with one another. You know, when you start to really get to know somebody, you start seeing their faults. You start seeing the stuff that they struggle with. We will be tempted to define that person and to think of and behave with that person based on this familiarity, this closeness of knowing one another. And we talk about this, and I'm going to go after this thing because, you know, we're talking about getting involved with home groups, you know, getting, uh, getting to really know one another. You're going to get to know one another. You're going to get to know one another's struggles. You're going to, and you're going to be tempted to write off that person because of their struggles. But God doesn't write off people. He sees the fullness of the potential of that person, the calling on their lives, and he wants to impart that to us. And we need to be on guard from doing this to one another. Okay? Hey, if this happened to Jesus, it's going to happen to us too, right? Matthew 13, 55. You got Jesus. He's ministering. He's doing miracles. He's, doing, he's teaching with like profound wisdom. And here you go. He shows up in his hometown, right? In 55, it says, is, this, is not this the carpenter's son? Is not his mother called Mary and his brothers, James, Joseph, and Simon, and Judas, and his sisters, are they not all with us? Where then did this man get all these things? And they took offense at him. But Jesus said to him, A prophet is not without honor except in his hometown and his own household. And he did not do many miracles there because of their unbelief. So what were they doing there? You guys ever do that? When you go to a family reunion... I mean, it's tough with family because you know everything, right? (laughs) But God's calling us to be a family. You guys are going to know a lot of stuff about one another, and you already do. A lot of you guys do. And when we start judging and and behaving with one another in that way, the only person we're, well, we are robbing that person, but we're robbing ourselves too. You see, when they began to judge Jesus, you know, isn't this the carpenter's son? That's Jesus. And I grew up with him. I played basketball with him. Yeah, you know, I don't know, whatever they did back then, you know. Like, you know, we rode bikes in the neighborhood together. Isn't that Jesus? And now he's doing all these crazy things, and he's, he's claiming to be this man of God. And what happened was it actually hindered them from receiving everything he had for them. You know, we do that. We can do that with one another. It's that whole thing. We need to receive, see each other according to the Spirit and receive a prophet and receive a prophet's reward or receive or whatever, a teacher and receive a teacher's reward. Familiarity is the enemy to this. It really is. You know, they regarded Jesus according to the flesh and as just Joseph and Mary's son. That's just Joseph and Mary's son. And they missed that benefit of experiencing him as the son of God. 
And they, uh, they only knew him according to the flesh and not to the spirits. Now, this is a challenge here for you parents and you spouses out there. You know, you know, parents, we do this unknowingly to our kids. And I mean that by like, we as parents, we know everything about our kids, right? <laughs> we, they throw ten, temper tantrums, they want this, they do that, you know, they're fighting with their brother, pulling their hair, you know, all this stuff. We, are, we see this taking place and we kind of we judge our kids according to this day after day after day natural sin <laughs> in our face every day, and we begin to judge them according to how we've seen them in that way. But when in reality, you know, God has this calling on every single one of our kids' lives, and He's He's encouraging us to see to ask Him how does He see our kids. And then to begin to treat our kids in the way that he sees them instead of the way we naturally see them and their sin every day. <laughs> and, you know. Now, spouses, and we do the same thing to each other. You know your spouse probably more than anybody else in the world. And we see everything. We know everything. We know their ha- bad habits. We know their good habits. We know everything. And, and those things, if we're not careful, can begin. We unknowingly do this. This is why I'm going after this. Most of the time, we're blind that we actually do this. Most of the time, we just do it because it's habitual of like, you know, I know this person. They just they keep doing the same thing. They're never going to get out of that thing. you know. And we start judging and making judgments, and we start losing hope for that person or whatever or for our marriage or for all this stuff because we're familiar with it and it's right in our face every day, day after day. And the temptation is to treat one another like, we, like we, what we see in the natural instead of asking the Holy Spirit, Lord, my spouse, how do you see this, my spouse? Who are they called to be? What are they called to walk in? And then beginning to treat them in that way. I guarantee you will see a change in that person if you treat them that way, the way the Lord sees them. Familiarity. All right. So we need to stop making judgments based solely on the natural. You know, God, and we talked about this uh, with, uh, with Gideon last time. You know, God will use those who may be naturally weak in a certain area. But when the Holy Spirit comes upon that person, they will accomplish what they couldn't do naturally by the power of the Holy Spirit. This is huge. I mean, there's so many examples in the Bible. That's how, that's how God does stuff. Now, he does use people that are gifted, and he, when his anointing and the Holy Spirit comes upon those giftings, they, even, they get even greater and they're able to do even greater things. But like at the same time, God, sometimes we like shoot ourselves down because we're like, ah, I'm not really good at speaking in front of, I hate speaking in front of people. And that like people keep telling me I'm supposed to speak in, other, in front of people. Yeah, you might not be able to do it in your own power, but by the power of the Holy Spirit, you will be able to do it and it will be powerful. <laughs> I mean, who wants, you know, to hear a man speak just, you know, at church or whatever, you know, uh, when we could hear like the Holy Spirit through that person speak? I mean, you know what I'm saying? 
sometimes God uses people that are weak in certain areas because they aren't trying to operate in their own giftings and they're trying to rely and they have to rely on the Holy Spirit to see stuff happen. All right, number three, we're going to go after uh, another hindrance to this of us seen by the Spirit, one another, is competition and jealousy. You know, this this is kind of sad that this is in the church, but it is. (laughs) It's crazy. It's crazy to me because there's so much need out in the world. We need everyone stepping into what they've been called to do. There's enough to go around. (laughs) There's enough ministry to go around. You know what I'm saying? And sometimes we get so caught up and we see one another, you know, succeeding in, in some kind of thing that we're called to to walk in. That's okay. It happens to everybody. The enemy knows this, and that's why he tempts us to do this, is to compare one another with one another. Oh, that person, they, they got their stuff together, and I just, man, I just stink. <laughs> you know, and then we begin to like, there's a jealousy that kind of can, can form and a division forms. You know, sometimes when we see someone walking in a similar calling, we're tempted to become territorial. You will be tempted. This is a test. <laughs> but I'm giving you the answers. You guys, a lot of you guys already know this. I'm giving you the answers how to pass this test. It's going to come. And a lot of times, just like a lot of sin, we're blind to it. And we just kind of the Holy Spirit, oh my gosh, thank you, Holy Spirit. He, he'll just kind of come in and just kind of bring some conviction. And we just we need to pay attention to that conviction of like, wait a second, Paul, you're comparing. Oh, Lord, forgive me. Forgive me for comparing. You know, if you're called to be uh, into business and you see others who are called and walking in business as competi- competition and that someone will take away from you walking into that calling of business, then you're not regarding to them as in the spirit. You're looking at the flesh. There's this competition that comes up. Now, there is some good healthy competition, but like we need everybody walking in the fullness of their calling. You know, sometimes, um, so comparison, the only person that we're supposed to be comparing ourselves to is the Lord because he's making us into like him, not like one another. <laughs> All right, in a way, and here's a, this is like a little like thing that the Lord has shown me over the years with this. Um, when the enemy comes to tempt you in these areas, when you start seeing people successful in the same area that you're successful in, it's first off remembering, wait a second, God, when he designed callings, he didn't like, design them so that like in your purpose in life he didn't design them that like if if that person steps in it then then that cancels out your calling you know what i'm saying there was room for everybody to be walking in the fullness of their calling and the problem actually in in the especially in the church is that most of us don't there's like probably i don't i don't even want to put a number up but there's there's a pretty large percentage of the church that is not walking in the fullness of their calling. So so we need everybody to be walking in their calling. There is room for everybody. So number one is remembering there is room for for my calling. There's plenty of room. There's plenty of need in the world. 
whatever God's called me to, there's room. So you, that shuts down that lie of the enemy that like, oh, look, that person there, they're succeeding or whatever. Now you're never going to get anywhere or whatever. You know, you know, the punk talks. You just got to push them uh, aside with some truth here. And then the second thing, you know, like Romans twelve fifteen says to rejoice with those who rejoice. I'm telling you, this is like ammunition for you that when the enemy comes along, I'm telling you, this happens to you guys already, whether you know it or not, it will continue to happen. And when we become closer and closer in relationship with one another, the enemy is going to be more and more trying to divide us. And we just need to be aware that when he tries and he brings up the stupid stuff that we're just like, that's stupid. (laughs) We call the stupid stuff stupid. And we don't get tempted and pulled into what he's trying to do, and that's divide one another. And so uh, this, this rejoice with those who are rejoicing, I'm telling you, when you see somebody succeeding in their calling, succeeding or having victory in what they've been called to do, if you see their business, is there a businessman or woman and their, their business is just exploding and you're a businessman or woman, rejoice with them. Say, thank you, Lord, for blessing so-and-so's business. I bless their business. Continue to bless their business. Use their business. Begin to pray for it and rejoice with them. I'm telling you, you will reap what you sow. You actually will begin to see success and breakthrough in your own area of your life. You will. So I encourage you guys, when, when that punk comes along and tries to like entice you to to become jealous or to compare yourselves with with one another that you say you know first of all you know shut up punk i rejoice with with their success thank you for them lord i bless their ministry i bless their business i bless whatever that they're called to do and whatever they're called to be okay all right, so how do we actually practically do, do this? Now, I, I talked a little bit about that already, but, you know, number one, and, and this is like, it, it sounds to some of us, you know, this might sound very like, you know, unattainable or some kind of just like theory, you know what I mean? I can't practically do this, but you can practically do this. We need to see those around us how the Father sees them. We need that 1 Samuel 1.16. God sees, not as man sees, for man looks at the outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the heart. So how do we look at the heart? Can you see, how do we see people's hearts? Can you naturally know somebody's heart? Can you naturally know their calling? No, of course not. How do we practically see it then? You pray for them. What do you pray? And then what? Well, what, what do you do after you say, Lord, I'm, I'm going to get practical here because a lot of people are like, well, Paul, you talk about this prophetic stuff and you see this stuff and da, da, da. I don't know. I, I, don't, I just don't get that. <laughs> you listen. Thank you. It's real simple. We talk about this in the prophetic all the time. You ask and you listen. I know that sounds crazy. I've been training people in the prophetic for like, I don't know, 15 years now. And most people still don't know how to listen. (laughs) 
their prayer and their conversation with the Lord is this one-way dialogue thing going on. You got to stop, you got to ask, and then you got to expectantly wait for his answer. Okay? We talk about this all the time, right? John 10.4, good buddy, right? You guys remember 10.4, good buddy? You are a sheep, you hear his voice. It's a fact. So when you ask, he will speak. He will talk to you. You have him living inside your physical body. I mean, you guys are pretty close. <laughs> he will speak. Okay? So begin to ask, especially in your home groups, begin to ask the Lord in your prayer times or even when you're just hanging out with him, you're having a conversation. I do this all the time, Lord. I'm like, I have a conversation with him. If it looks like I'm glazing over, I'm asking the Lord most of the time. <laughs> Lord, what are you, what are you doing in, in my brother and my sister's life? What are, you, what are you calling them into? And then listening and allowing the Holy Spirit to show you things prophetically. And, and if you guys uh, are new and, and um, we have a lot of stuff, resources online, we have podcasts of training on the prophetic, how to hear and how to recognize and to interpret how God speaks to us. I encourage you guys to check it out. But that's basically what we're doing. We're asking the Lord... We're listening, and then when we see and hear how God or who God's called them to be, then we begin to pray over that person. Like Mike, Michael, you were saying, we pray these things. All right, that's why the prophetic is so awesome. Because, and here's the other thing: because when you see and you get something prophetically from the Lord about one another, you get a peace and you get a, a, a piece of God's heart for that person. And it actually changes your heart towards that person. This has happened to me multiple times. There's been people in my life that I just like in the natural, I was like Samuel, I was like, Psh, no, I need to, no, this is, this, God's not going to use that person in this. And <laughs> I'm telling you, this is, and um, I've been walking with the Lord for a while. And the Lord, the Holy Spirit will convict me and be like, Paul, you're judging just like Samuel. You're doing the natural appearance thing. <laughs> and I'm just like, forgive me, Lord. <laughs> show, me what, show me what you're seeing. I want to see what you're seeing. And he'll reveal to me a picture or whatever. He'll speak to me who he's called that person to be. And I get this impartation of faith to see that thing take place in that person's life. You know, and we talked about this before. Faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of Christ. When you get a word from the Lord for, somebody's, for somebody else and you give it to them and you pray for it, you have the faith to actually do it and to see it. When God shows you something, you have the faith to actually see it come to pass and to actually uh, to work with God to see it come manifest in the natural Okay, it's awesome. I love, that's why I love the prophetic. I get a glimpse of the Father's heart. I see how extravagantly good he is. I'm like, God, man, I don't see that at all. <laughs> but you see that, man, I want to be like you. You see that in that person? You know, and um, it, it changes us. It changes us when we do that. And it's awesome. So anyway, so ask the Lord. Let them, and then speak it out over them. 
If you guys are getting prophetic words about people's calling, speak it out over them. And sometimes you can say, you know, hey, the Lord just showed me this, blah, 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 blah. Other times you can just be like to the point and just be like, hey, you're, you're supposed to be doing this. And let it almost become your like language. And when you see them struggling in something or you see like the opposite of what actually they're called to do happening, you actually begin, no, you're not supposed to be doing that. You're actually supposed to be doing this. When you speak out, you, we can give prophetic words in a non-churchy atmosphere, you know, and, and, uh, and maybe not saying, well, we don't say, thus saith the Lord. But you know what I'm saying? Sometimes we get kind of weird and religious about giving prophetic words. And you can actually just speak it over a person. You know, say, oh, no, the Lord told me this. I really felt, I had this vision of you in my prayer time and... We don't have to get all crazy about it. Sometimes it's okay to do that, but sometimes we get like that's the only way we can give prophetic words, you know. Um, so we speak it out over them, and especially when we see the opposite happening in the natural, we begin to prophesy to the dry bones. And then when we begin to prophesy in the spirit, we are releasing something in the spirit. Angels are helping. Holy Spirit is helping because we're partnering with him. Because when we're prophesying, what we're seeing over one another, we're actually partnering with heaven and we're actually opening up resources from heaven to see that thing come to pass in their life. That is the power of the prophetic. That's why we are... That's why we're like we're you know about it a lot. Obviously, when Morning Star Church, but that's why like God's about it. <laughs> that's how we work with God. We see what He's doing. We partner with Him, and He releases resources, supernatural resources of, from heaven in the Spirit for it to, to manifest in the natural. I'm telling you, my mom. <laughs> I'm so grateful for my mom. Mom, if you're watching this, I love you. But like I was on the raw, I was heading in the opposite direction of my calling in my life in one of my, my teenage years, into my late teenage years. My, the polar opposite of what I was called to do. But my mom, and she tells me now, she would go into my room and she knew what I was called to be and to do. She would go into my room when I was in there She'd pray over my room. She said, I don't know if she did it daily or whatever. She did it consistently in the face of all of my sin that was saying to her, oh, look at Paul, he's completely gone off. He's not coming back. The enemy, you know how the enemy comes. But she prayed for me and she didn't give up and she began to, to war with what she was seeing in the spirit over my life. And in this spirit, she was releasing the resources of heaven for that to take place in my life. And God got a hold of my life radically and radically changed my life. And the Lord told me one time, it's because of your mom. She didn't give up praying. So this is to encourage you moms and dads out there, keep praying for your kids, please. It is, re it is releasing the resources of heaven into your kid's life. That's why when we, you know, when we had uh, 
our four kids are here. We were, Heather and I, we were praying, uh, you know, when she got pregnant, we were praying over each one of them asking, Lord, show us who they are. Show us who they are now. So it's a lot easier to, for God to speak to you about, you know, when you don't know the person yet, right? <laughs> and we asked the Lord even for their names and everything, and the Lord gave us all their names, and he gave us all what they're called to do. He gave us all these scriptures, and we've had people come and tell us the same things that we got when they were still in the womb. And I pray these things over them consistently, especially when they're fighting with one another. <laughs> and I'm, I'm, I am, and because of my mom's legacy in my life, of what I saw, the power of her prayers. Now, ultimately, it was the Lord. The Lord burdened her heart to pray for me. Thank you, Lord. But, you know, I'm just thank you, Mom, for not giving up when it looked like you should have and everybody else might have been telling you to give up. <laughs> so anyway, there, there's this power that's released. We can do that with one another, and that's what we're called to do, actually, you know, not just with, like, our kids and not just our spouses, but with one another. So as we're getting to know one another, as we're building a healthy community with one another, be asking the Lord in your home groups and Sunday mornings, Lord, talk to me about these people. How do you see them? What are they called to do? What are the promises on their life? Because I want to come alongside. I want to get partner with what you're doing in their life. We start doing this with one another. We're going to reap what we sow. People are going to do, start doing it to you. I guarantee it. All right. So we speak it out over them. Number three, we pray that purpose into their life, especially if you're seeing the opposite of the natural. We fight with the words that God gave you for them. First Timothy 1.18, Timothy, my son, I am giving you this command in keeping with the prophecies once made about you so that by recalling them, you may fight the battle well. You know, God gives, gives us the prophetic to fight with them. So fight with them, and we fight with them in prayer. We fight with them um, by just speaking it over them, by talking to one another, encouraging one another to step into these things that they're called to do, especially when we're seeing the opposite. That we say, oh, ah, gosh, he's struggling again. Lord, Whatever so and so in home group is struggling again with the same thing over and over again. The the temptation, I'm telling you, it will come. It's like, man, he's just stuck in that thing. Why can't he just kick that thing? You know, that sin or whatever. You know, that will come. You will be tempted to think this way. You have already been tempted to think this way, whether you you know it or not. But to recognize it first and foremost, and then bring it before the Lord. Lord, show me what this person is called to be who they were called to be in you. And then when they sh he shows it, begin to pray it out, begin to war for it. Lord, I don't care what I'm seeing in the natural. You are calling this person to do, 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 do whatever. And Lord, I, and just begin to thank God that you are releasing resources from heaven to see that take place. We need to fight for one another. The body is called to fight for one another, not with each other, <laughs> with one an for one another. That's that getting each other's back, you know, I talk about. You know, um, 
and I, I was kind of like this. Uh, we we were doing some ministry. I can't remember a couple of years ago. This it wasn't at the, it was at another church, and uh, there was a guy sitting in the back in the back row. He was a back row Christian, right? <laughs> I'm just kidding. All you guys in the back. <laughs> um, and the Lord, like uh, He revealed this thing to me. He gave He actually gave me the guy's name. And he and he gave me uh, this this picture of him uh, being a children's pastor, and um, so I gave the guy, I, I, you know, I gave the guy uh, the word, and it's like he needed to hear first off his name. It was that's what the word of knowledge does a lot of times. It, it helps people to receive the message after, and um, I didn't know the guy. And um, and I didn't I didn't hear any response with him afterwards. You know, I didn't talk to him afterwards or anything like that. He did say his name was you know the name, and um, and I said you're you're called to be a pastor, a children's pastor. God's calling you into the ministry. You've been sidelined. You're you're He's calling you back in, and um, and I remember I got it like I, I just forgot about it after that, and then. Uh, the pastor of that church, you know, got in contact with me and, and said, you remember that guy? He's walking in his calling now. He's a children's pastor for this church now and did all this other stuff. But he had been sidelined for who knows, I don't know his story, you know, but like the Lord did. And just speaking what I was seeing the father was doing in his life gave him the faith to get off the sideline, to get off the bench, and to get back in the game, and for God to use him, and for him to grow, and to, you know, enjoy the adventure of God that He had for this guy's life. And, you know, we can do this also in a non-Christianese way. You know, sometimes I remember one time at work, there was this guy. I love the guy, but he had like the loudest crudest mouth <laughs> out of everybody in my work and um and I would get so irritated with him <laughs> and uh and we'd banter back and forth you know we had a good relationship and stuff and um uh, and I'm like lord what is the deal with this guy <laughs> I mean he's crude you know cussing saying crude stuff all the time and um you know, blah, blah. And the Lord immediately convicted my heart about me judging him and said, like, Paul, I've actually called him. His calling is to be an encourager. I've given him a loud mouth because he's called to encourage and to spur it, uh, people on into their calling. And he, the enemy's just using it for his kingdom right now. I was like, wow, okay. So I, so I, you know, I went up to the guy. I told him, you know, I didn't say, "Thus saith the Lord, the Lord's given you this." No, I said, "You know what? You are an encourager, and that God wants to use your words to encourage one another and the people around you. He wants you to actually speak life into people, and it's going to actually bring them out of whatever. I don't care remember everything I said, but it was, you know, I wasn't Christianese or anything like that. I'm telling you." That day forward, his uh, the way he talked with the coworkers changed. Now I'm not going to say he never was crude again, <laughs> but 
But he did. He changed. And I didn't say, you really need to change and repent, you sinner. You, you know, I didn't do this thing. You know, I just said, I, I said, I, I just prophesied who he was called to really be. And that, the Holy Spirit took that and probably convicted him. And that probably changed in him. We can do that with one another. I encourage you guys, you see somebody struggling in sin, it's okay to like those who are uh, mature to, to address those things, but I encourage you to, to ask the Lord, Lord, what, what is going on here behind the scenes? Show me what's going on so that I can take what you're doing in his life and fight for him or her. Does that make sense? Yeah. <laughs> All right. So we need to receive one another according to how we are, who we are in the spirit. We can't we need to be on guard with familiarity because that hinders us from receiving one another. And I will encourage you guys pray for your kids. Ask the Lord if you haven't done this already. Ask the Lord, Lord, how do you see my kids? How do you see, or you have a family member? But I encourage you, make this practical. You guys got to make this, we, we need to walk this thing out. And the only way to do this is to actually just, just do it. And it's actually been naturally, I don't know about all the other home groups. I haven't really touched base with some of the others. But I know in our home group, we've been actually, it's been naturally happening. We just give room for the Holy Spirit to speak. And he'll show us what he's thinking. And we begin to pray that into into one another's life. And we actually begin to to build a relationship with one another. And we know, instead of everybody's, all their sins and struggles and stuff, we know what their calling is. And then when we, we, we really do, when you see somebody that you've been fighting for and alongside stepping into their calling, man, it's awesome. You know? All right. So let's do it, right? So I encourage you guys, when you're in home groups, make time for that. I know I've talked to the home group leaders already, and they're um, hopefully making time for that, where we can know one another according to the Spirit.